Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 29 of Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to be reading Revelation 6 verse 13. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. We've been uh, looking at verses 12 and 13 for some time now. These verses that describe the darkening of the sun and the moon turning to blood and the stars of heaven falling. And we've realized that God is describing the day of judgment and the removal of the lights of the gospel. But uh, now we want to look a little closer and look at the uh, particular language that God is using. And in verse 13, he's referring to the stars of heaven. Now, just to remind us, the, the Bible is very clear in letting us know that the stars typify the elect of God. For instance, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, it says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. So God is speaking to Abraham and telling him that uh, take a look up into the heaven and count the stars if you're able to do so. And that is how your seed will be. Your, your descendants. Of course, here it's singular and spiritually it's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's elect in Christ. That's why God is likening the seed to the stars of heaven because it's all those that the Lord Jesus will save that he has paid the penalty for their sins, and he has performed his atoning work on their behalf. Also in Genesis, in chapter 22, it says in verse 17, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And verse 18 also goes on to say, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And and there are several verses just like this, where God is likening the stars of the heaven to the seed of Abraham, to that seed that can only relate to the elect, the the children of God. Let's just look at one other verse in Psalm 147, I think. Psalm 147, it says in verse 4, He telleth the number of the stars, and the word telleth would mean to count. He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. God knows each and every star. Yes, he knows those lights up in the heavens above, 
the literal stars, and perhaps God has named each one. That wouldn't be surprising. But more than that, God is indicating that the stars that represent his elect, he knows their names. He has recorded their names in the Lamb's Book of Life. So we can see how the stars represent God's elect people. Now, there there is a couple of verses that may um, point to false believers, such as in Jude, that speaks of a wandering star. But primarily, the stars of heaven typify the elect of God. And, and let's read the verse again in Revelation 6. And I'll begin reading in verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now let's also consider that we have seen that the sun is a type and figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the moon is a type and figure of the law of God, the word of God, the Bible. Now, how could it be that the stars are likewise in the heavens above with this sun and with this moon, that they would typify false believers? False believers do not shine with the light of the gospel. They, they actually have no light. They try to give the appearance of being children of God, but they're not truly children of God. And, and God here is describing the time when the gospel goes dark for the world, when the true spiritual light bearers, he himself, his word, and the true believers that carry that word, are are darkened at the will of God because it is the time the the end of his salvation plan has arrived and it's time to put out these lights and uh, let's also consider that the stars cannot be a reference to professed believers within the churches and congregations because their light has been put out for the duration of the Great Tribulation period. Their light was put out back when the Great Tribulation, when judgment began at the house of God. They had no light to shine upon the earth. No, these stars are representative of God's elect. And in verse 13, the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. That's interesting and curious that God tells us that. Uh, We wonder, well, why unto the earth? And then he goes on to give us uh, a further illustration of what he's talking about. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now, we know that the shaking of a mighty wind well, that relates to the the day of judgment. That relates to May 21 of 2011. And the 
example of the fig tree being shaken is um, really a further illustration of the heavens being shaken. And God tells us back in Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 25, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, and those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. I wanted to read this because it says, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And we've seen in this same passage in verse 12, There was a great earthquake that God says took place on the day of judgment, a spiritual earthquake. And likewise, he not only shook the earth, but he shook the heaven, the spiritual heavens, where the gospel lights were unfolded and established and and put in place to shine down upon the inhabitants of the earth. And now it is the day of judgment. It is the time when God brings about the spiritual earthquake and the spiritual shaking of the heaven, which is being likened to a fig tree that casts her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now, what could the fig tree casting her figs The fig tree does have figs. It just uh, indicates that they're untimely figs. They're they're not properly developed. They're not mature. It's not um, fruit that has been long enough upon the tree, but it is fruit. And why would God tell us this? What could he mean by this? Well, let's first of all go to Jeremiah chapter 24. Jeremiah 24, and we're going to read about figs. And just like stars, as God speaks of his elected stars, but he also makes reference to wandering stars, those that are not truly saved, so we read in Jeremiah 24 and verse 1 of two different kinds of figs. It says, Jehovah showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of Jehovah. After that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. One basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very naughty figs, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. Then said Jehovah unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, the good figs, very good, and the evil, very evil, that cannot be eaten, they are so evil. Again the word of Jehovah came unto me, saying, Thus saith Jehovah, 
the God of Israel. Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. For I will set mine eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up. And I will give them a heart to know me, that I am Jehovah, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And as the evil figs, which cannot be eaten, they are so evil. Surely thus saith Jehovah, So will I give Zedekiah the king of Judah, and his princes, and the residue of Jerusalem, that remain in this land, and them that dwell in the land of Egypt. And I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt, to be a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse, in all places whither I shall drive them. And the Lord here is really giving us a parable concerning these figs, the two baskets of figs, the good figs and the evil figs. And it's a parable that's related to the time of the Great Tribulation, as God is indicating that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive Jeconiah and the princes of Judah and others to Babylon. And the Lord is saying that those that go away captive to Babylon are like good figs. And those that remain in the land of Judah are like evil figs. And how how can we understand this? Well, we understand this when we realize that God's command to go into captivity to Babylon is akin to his command to his people to come out of the churches at the time when Satan is ruling in the churches and congregations of the world during the Great Tribulation period that recently ended on May 21, 2011. And God's people that came out were like good figs. And all of those uh, professed Christians that remain in the churches are typified by the evil figs. So we say that, that a fig can represent God's elect, uh, as it's referred to as a good fig, and a fig can also represent someone who identifies with God through profession of faith, but is not really born again. And and yet, uh, in Revelation 6, verse 13, the stars of heaven are representative of God's elect, and therefore, the untimely figs, which fall off of the fig tree, or cast off the fig tree, when shaken of a, a mighty wind, they are a picture of God's elect. But, but again, this is unusual. It's, it's strange. How can the elect of God be typified by figs that are cast from a fig tree and, uh, and they, they fall to the earth or just as the stars fell into the earth, of course, that's where the figs would fall. If they fall off their tree, they're going to fall on the ground below. 
And, and that's the point of what God is telling us, that they will leave their position, um, the stars leave their position in the heavens, and the figs leave their position on the tree, and they go to the ground or to the earth. And again, why? Why is God emphasizing this? Well, let's, let's think about something. And, and that is, we know that the stars represent the elect and the stars give forth light. They shine in the night. Well, now, when there's an elect person of God, born into the world. Does that person immediately shine as a star? Is he from birth before he even hears the gospel, before God applies the atoning work of Christ to him and redeems him through the hearing of his word and saves him? Is that man or woman or that boy or girl shining as a star? No, no, not at all. No, that person is in their sin. They are unsaved as anyone else. They're not um, carrying the light of the gospel. They're they're not carrying the light of Christ. The Holy Spirit is not indwelling them, and and they are not shining at all, even though they're elect. It's only once God redeems a sinner that then it could be said that they take their their rightful place, their proper course in the spiritual heavens that God's established and and predetermined, predestinated from before the foundation of the world for them to have that position. And, and so God saves a person, then they begin to shine as a star. As as we read in Daniel chapter twelve and I'm going to turn back there in Daniel twelve it says in in verse 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But a person first has to become saved. Now, let's think about what took place during the Great Tribulation period. God had a plan to save a great multitude. It's interesting when we read the language of the promise to Abraham. God is often indicating that your seed will be as the stars of the heaven for multitude. And finally, at the end of the world, in the little season of the Great Tribulation, God saves a great multitude of people from all tongues and nations of the earth. And and as he is saving them over the last about 17 years of the latter reign, uh, which, which did conclude when the Great Tribulation concluded, then they are beginning to shine. And, and we can be sure that since the message of the, the judgment coming, the proclamation of May 21, 2011 was not, um, as much out there as it was towards the end of that period of time. That is, it wasn't until the last year or so, and actually as we got closer and closer, 
that the news began to spread and people really began to think about it and focus on it and the news media picked it up that we can understand that God would have used this to save the greatest number of that great multitude as we got closer and closer to the date of May 21, 2011. He could have saved millions the week before, tens of millions the day before, and and who knows how many God saved at the last minute before he shut the door of heaven. And as he saved each one in a figure, it is as though they immediately took their place in the course of the stars above. And they were shining brightly as a newly elective God, spiritually speaking. But, however, then what happened? Then, Judgment Day came, God shut the door of heaven, and the judgment of God was to put out the light of the gospel to the world. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun was darkened, and the moon did not give her light, and the stars fell from heaven. These newly placed stars fell uh, they they could have fell almost as quickly as they were put up there in, in again in a figurative sense as god saved them and they became a light bearer of the gospel well maybe for a week or maybe for 3 days or maybe for a single day or maybe an hour or with some just for a minute and then the light all over the earth went out because god turned it out He's the one that caused the light of the sun, the Lord Jesus Christ, to darken. He's the one that removed the light that emanated forth from his word, the Bible. He's the one that moved within his people to carry the message of that light to the world. And he's the one that turned it off once his salvation program had been completed. Now, never again would the light shine into the world. Never again would the stars shine. And so, the stars fell to the earth. Uh, Now we can understand this reference of the fig tree. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, these figs, the elect, the, the fruit, that uh, God produced through his salvation program, this great multitude, they had no proper time to develop. They had no time to mature upon the fig tree. And, And it's no wonder that God instructs his people in these days after that tribulation to feed my sheep, to to spiritually nourish them so that they might grow and develop and learn the things that they had absolutely no time to learn in the days uh, of the Great Tribulation, in the time when they became saved. It's only now afterwards that God wants to return to them and make sure that that they uh, they hear the truth and grow in the truth and grace of God. And yet they're like untimely figs. 
figs that are true fruit, but figs that had no opportunity to grow normally due to the circumstances of Judgment Day occurring very soon after their salvation. Now let's just look at one final thing, and that is, again, the stars fell to the earth. And we're uh, not surprised of this language. God doesn't say that the moon fell to the earth. He doesn't say that the sun fell to the earth, but the stars, the true believers. And we have learned that it is God's plan that the true believers are alive and remain, as First Thessalonians 4 tells us, upon the earth, living in the day of judgment. And he instructs us to have boldness, and, and God um, has given us much detail now on why we're here and, and how this will glorify him. But let's just look at one passage, or a couple of verses in Genesis chapter 37, concerning Joseph and his dream of his mother and father and his brethren. And he he dreamed a dream, it says, in verse 9 of Genesis 37. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And obeisance means to bow down. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. And I just wanted to go here because... Joseph's dream had the sun, moon, and stars bowing down to him, and Jacob interpreted this as bowing down ourselves to thee to the earth. The brethren are like the stars of heaven that fell to the earth. Stars falling to the earth are God's elect upon the earth living in the day of judgment will worship God. They they will bow the knee to him and they will submit themselves to the will of the Lord as he reveals that will through his word, the Bible.